Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. taught me everything I know, the show where we talk about musicals and all the lessons that they teach us. Oh, it's going to be a good show today. Uh, We're excited. We're lonely though, right Zane? It's just you and me, baby. I'm lonely with you and our guest. Oh, also we have a guest here (laughs) and our guest today is... Mike Zarati. Hi, Mike. Karate with a Z. Karate with a Z. (laughs) Welcome, Mike. How are you? Very well, very well. And while I do appreciate your company, Mike, I do think we should shame our co-host for not being here. Um, (laughs) How dare you have other commitments than recording a podcast about musical theatre. Well, to Uh, be fair, uh, KB is actually performing in a show that she wrote and directed and is starring in. Couldn't she do all of that and do a podcast about musical theatre? Like, yes. that's what a real musical theatre fan would do. <laughs> but she can, and she will, <laughs> just not exactly right at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. We miss them. Uh, Happy New Year. This is one of our first of the new year as well. So, 2021, yay. Woo! The year of uh, the rebirth of musical theatre. Fingers crossed. Don't, no need to cross the fingers. It's happening, babe. Good. I don't know why I called you babe. That's weird. Broadway, I've never done that. Broadway's weird. Broadway's in a weird place. Broadway is in a Just weird place. Broadway's in a weird place called yeah. the United States of America. <laughs> so weird. Uh. Um, we are actually looking forward to, we, uh, with the royal we, myself, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens because um, as lockdowns and things continue on Mm. in the States and um, also in England, in the UK and the West End, um, there's a lot of new work that's skipping the stage. It's going straight to online streaming and various other forms. I think we're going to see a lot more things like concept albums happening in the next little bit. I kind of hope that some of the work comes to Australia. And yeah. Yeah. I think this is going to be great news for our industry because even as you look around what's happening in Australia at the moment, we're getting a lot of shows that are picking up their seasons that got cancelled <laughs> in 2020, but we're getting a lot of shows moving through theatre spaces quickly, yeah. which is not something that you know we're used to seeing a lot of variety. We'll see a show sit for a few months and then move slowly around the country and that's sort of the only thing that happens at any given time but there's so much going on at the moment and it feels vibrant and exciting I'm excited and that's that's why I cross my fingers because like fingers <laughs> crossed it keeps keeps going keep going <clears throat> um yes go you good thing anyway but we're not here to talk about all of that for the no. moment we're here to talk about specifically Mike Zarati yes. like karate but with a ZZ. Yep. ZZ. A ZZ? A ZZ. A ZZ. Do you say Z or Z? 
Well, is it in Australia? Z U S. For me, it depends on the context. If I'm spelling my name, I'll say Z A N E. But if the Z is at the end of the the word, I'll usually say Z. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a quirky thing that I do. With there you go. I don't think I have a one or the other. I think mm. I'm completely random. <laughs> anyway, that's news for everybody, isn't it? That's it. Just. This isn't the getting to know Miranda segment, though. It's the getting to know Mike. And funnily enough, I got to know Mike doing The King and I. So (laughs) I feel like the theme song is especially fitting for you, Mike. Um, But we're going to do the getting to know you quiz now. Are you ready? I'm ready. The questions are very hard. Mm -hmm. Which musical character would other people compare you to? That is actually a hard question. I told you. It is a hard question. You were warned. I have never been compared to a musical character. I mean, if there was a Gangnam style, the musical, I might be compared (laughs) to somebody there. But there's really no one I've been compared to. Oh, wow. If you can think of anyone, I'd be open to suggestions. I know what I'd like to, but. Okay, well, let's do that question. Which musical character would you like to be compared to? Well, I have. Having just met you, oh, oh, here, we go. you here we go. Good. Got a vibe. Good. I I thought the mayor of Whoville from uh, Susical. Actually, that's really cute, oh, and I like it. Oh, that's nice. I like that. I don't yeah. know if you know of the character, but yeah, yeah he's kind of a a well-meaning character who just kind of wants to do the best thing, but you know, he kind of gets carried away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, about right. Okay, that's Mark always <laughs> getting carried away. Mm-hmm. Um, who would you like people to compare you to? Oh, look, Sebastian. Nice. I've done that. But one that hasn't come out, I guess, community, and I'd love to be compared to is the genie. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a f- that is a cool <laughs> character. Um, yes. The stage character is quite a bit different oh, yeah. from from the um, movie musical character. Which do you prefer? Do you oh, the prefer? stage. The stage. The stage, stage genie. The stage. Not yes. the animation or the Will Smith version. The, no, <laughs> the, the what? I didn't even know what you're talking <laughs> about. Um, you I blocked it out. Uh, what is your dream role? Dream role? It's it's still Jekyll and Hyde. I just... It's yeah. so I was about to say which one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm very tired. Jekyll and Hyde. It's just... It'll be so hard to pull off convincingly. <laughs> I mean, it can be done. It's a heck yeah. of a sing. Like that is, oh, yeah. 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 Not just a sing. But yeah, like you're on stage all the time and you're always talking or singing or moving and yes. s- yeah. stage effects and yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think just to have that challenge of playing two characters within the same design. Body? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's yeah. not just, I mean, we're, we're always playing characters within the same body, <laughs> aren't we? But two at the aren't same we? time. <laughs> yeah. He literally sings a duet with himself. He does. Oh, have, it, you yeah. ever, have you ever learned it? I've, yeah, just at home. At home. Just at home <laughs> in the mirror. At, at, at home. But I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe jumping forward to another question, but it is one heck of a shower song. Because you were just belting oh. out forever and ever and ever. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, you did jump ahead. Uh, we need to let's do that one. Go to shower song. My go-to shower song is the Mountain Duet from Chess. Oh. I mean, it doesn't really work because I need someone in there with me, as it, it is no. a duet. No. <laughs> you can do both parts. We okay. just it's practice for Jacqueline Hart. Well, that's it. That's it. But I don't know. Maybe it's just the reverb. That's like a mountain. It just works for me in the shower. It does <laughs> actually. I have to admit to enjoying a little bit of Mountain Duet myself in shower time. I actually can't remember that duet but I will have to go back and listen to it because Chess is coming Chess is coming yeah. is. that's 
a show for another day. Another Actually, we've done chess. We've done it already, yeah. It's a show for a previous day. <laughs> and if you'd like to learn a little go. about chess before it gets here... We'll reprise um, it. We'll reprise it. That'll be fun. Okay, sorry. I'm getting distracted. <laughs> um, okay, let's do your favourite Sondheim show. Favourite Sondheim would be Pacific Overtures. That is a choice that we don't hear very often. It's because it was my second show that I've, I've ever done in Sydney. So I was going to say, somebody's done yeah. Pacific Overtures, but now yes. it makes sense. In, in Sydney, that was back in 98. Wow. And I hadn't done any training, so I was really, you know... You started with Sondheim? When I didn't start, it was just they were looking for Asian <laughs> Asian people to play all the Japanese roles. So, and I thought, okay, ah. I'd, I'd give, it a, give it a try. And I um, hadn't really done any training, but I had guidance from our dance captain. Yes. Um, who was in the original production of the show we're about to talk about? You can tell everyone what it is. Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon. He so he was the dance captain in that and he really helped me along. Yeah. And I have, haven't never forgotten. That was, uh, what, 22 years ago. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. You don't... Uh, like Pacific Overtures doesn't get done very often, mm. um, possibly for quite a few reasons. But is it? It's not one of his most difficult scores, it, is it? Am I well, remembering I this is. wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it is. I thought anything's on Nime, isn't it? <laughs> okay, it's I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I mean, it was done last. It was in, I think it was done in Victoria, and Melbourne, two thousand seven, mm. eight. I think it was. Yeah, that was the last place I've researched where it was done. <laughs> mm. But yeah, right, it's not a popular one. Well, we haven't spoken yet about um, Pacific no, Ventures, no. but uh, oh, we'll something. have to put it on the list. Maybe you, you can come back and tell Love us all to. about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for now, we have to do the most important thing that you'll do in your life. You have to delete a musical from existence. You must choose this musical carefully because once you've done it, it cannot be undone. Yeah, and maybe lose some friends along the way. I, I guess, and that's part of the... Yeah, yeah these are the, you're playing with fire here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be honest, it wasn't really that hard to choose. Are you, are you, uh, I just want to know, are you going into this hoping to lose friends? <laughs> oh. Finally! <laughs> Is that the goal? <laughs> well, no, it's not, it's not intentional, but I know some friends who love this show, and I said, oh, really? <laughs> I don't like cats. <laughs> Hey, Cats gets another world. We have to give them until nine now. So that's seven, right? Yeah, yeah. So we recently, after saying for for quite some time that we've deleted Cats so many times, it must have hit its nine lives already. So for a long time, we said, that's it. You know, we just, yeah, give us a show, but it can't be Cats because it's well and truly dead. Um, And then we had a statistician Mm -hmm. on the show who had gone through (laughs) all of our episodes and checked. And we had actually only officially deleted cats six, six times. Okay, so, so it's still a seven. Three more. <laughs> so <laughs> that's seven. We're looking for two mm. more, and then that will be it. We're that's drawing it. the line. Yeah. <laughs> no, my hay fever flares up whenever I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I totally understand. Um, it makes me sneeze a lot too. Um, we're going to take a quick break while we just you know get a little antihistamine in, and then we're going to talk about Miss Saigon. Mike, tell us, why did you bring us Miss Saigon today? It was a show that I had done in, in Queensland, my second show in Queensland, I think it was. My third, third show, playing the engineer. 
oh, at QMT. Role. And um, I actually didn't, when, the, when I first saw the, the notice, I thought, oh, yeah, I might audition. <laughs> <laughs> I might. And I thought, well, you know, I kind of look apart, so I thought I'd give it a try. <laughs> this seemed to work out for you. I think so, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. It, it did. Um, the, it's a show of mixed emotions for me personally. I really want to like it because I, I love Les Mis. Mm. Same writers, same writing team. So this is um, Bubel <laughs> and Schoenberg. How do you pronounce it? Bubel and Schoenberg. Schoenberg. And it, it is has the umlaut. Alain Bubel. Um, and additional lyrics by um, Richard Maltby Jr., who mm. I actually um, came across first doing Closer Than Ever at university. Maltby and Shire are a writing team oh, okay. on their own that do a okay. bunch of other stuff. So... Um, I thought, well, hey, I like Les Mis, I like Maltby and Shire, match made in heaven. <laughs> I want to like Miss Sagon. I do. I want to. See, I but love I... parts of Miss Saigon. That's that's it for me. Like too. I really hardcore love parts of Miss Saigon. Budoy is one of my favourite songs yep. in the entire world. Um, I think comparing it to Les Mis, it always falls a little flat because it's it it's very different in tone to Les Mis. It is. Um and but they a lot of the same musical techniques and motifs kind of carry through in their style. Yes. Um that being said, it was hugely successful. Hugely. Like four thousand shows on West End, like a decade of shows on West End. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> uh yeah, so I like I I I've seen the show Twice, I listen to it rarely. Very important. You've seen a show twice, professional or amateur? One professional, one amateur, and then I worked behind the scenes on one amateur. Have, have you seen a professional production? I've right? seen it, yeah. yeah I saw the original Australian and the revival. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, I saw the original West End <laughs> production. I, I, was like, what? I knew nothing about musical theatre back then. <laughs> and, the, and the revival. So you saw this show before you were, quote, into musical theatre? Yes. That's what yes. I'm interested in your thoughts of it as a a, a general public yeah. person. Oh, it, it was it was the show that put the Filipinos on the map of musical theatre in Australia. And, no, certainly did. World, world, <laughs> worldwide. Yeah. Just um, because they needed um, Asian um, characters, and they searched well, of all around, and they found Leah Salonga. Well, that's it. Yeah, Leah Salonga was the one. She's the replied. original Kim. She was the original yeah. Kim. Yeah. Original Kim. Yeah. yeah. And then on West End and on Broadway. Yes, yes. And they did the revival in the Philippines in 2000 where mm. she was like 29 years old already. <laughs> a Still playing 17-year-old Kim. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But she can totally pull it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at her. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> still beautiful. Um, that's not to say that you, know, you can be older than 17 and automatically not beautiful anymore. I was just... Um, it is a Cam Mac production which I think um, plays into its success a lot that, um, you know, everything he touches turns to gold <laughs> sort of <laughs> attitude, particularly um, around that time in the 80s when – it was the 80s, early 90s? 89. Oh, there you go, just, yes. just in the 80s. Um, yeah. When, you know, these these big branded spectacular shows yeah. were doing really, really well. People loved it. And um, I this is one of the shows that comes up a lot with 
um, dare I say, general public, yeah. uh, when you talk about musical theatre, it's Les Mis and Miss Saigon are probably you know the two really big ones. That Phantom, maybe. Uh, Phantom. Phantom. But yeah. Phantom and Cats, but I don't count them. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is one of the ones where I remember it coming through and people who had never spoken to me about musicals in my life before would choose to start conversations yeah. with me by saying, I saw Miss Saigon and it was up. Um, How about that helicopter? Yeah. So yeah. I think I I think that um, there's a lot in the production and the design. It's very dramatic, but it's also really colourful and lots of movement and vibrancy yeah. and and really, really emphasised passionate emotions. And I that, I think, is what... Um, Bubel and Schoenberg do really well mm-hmm. and what also works in Les Mis. Um, but of course this one is uh, based on Madame Butterfly so it's basically the same story as the opera um, mm-hmm. reset in the Vietnam War but I tell you what to know everything that goes on in Miss Saigon is gonna be hard to fit into two minutes <laughs> but Mike's gonna do it he's gonna give us the elevator pitch we want the plot in two minutes Zane is timing it Miss Saigon are you ready? It's a long elevator ride. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Okay, 1975, it's set in dreamland, Saigon, bar in a brothel shortly before the end of Vietnam War, full of bar girls and US soldiers. Kim, 17 years old, and an inexperienced bar girl handpicked by the engineer who was the owner of the bar. Sergeant Chris Scott doesn't want to be there, but is entranced by Kim. John, Chris's friend, buys a room for Chris and Kim. They dance and get on with the they- night. Dance in inverted commas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Keep That's going. all right. Chris and Kim quickly fall in love. He offers to take her back to the US. He meets the engineer to trade Kim, but the engineer wants to include a US visa. The bar girls hold a wedding ceremony, but Kim's cousin, Tui, a North Vietnamese officer, wedding crashes the ceremony, takes her home as they were betrothed at 13. Chris and Tui have a face-off. Tui curses them all, storms out, and Chris promises to take Kim when he leaves. Three years later, now Ho Chi Minh, Tui orders his soldiers to find the engineer to find Kim. Kim now lives in an impoverished area, still loving Chris and hoping Chris is um, hoping Chris would come back. But Chris is back in the US with his new wife, Ellen, who wears, who hears him shouting Kim in his sleep. Week la- later, Tui's soldiers find the engineer, um, but now known as Tran Van Din, takes them to Kim. Tui offers marriage again. Kim says no. Tui threatens them to put them in a re-education camp, but introduces Tam, her three-year-old son. Tui calls Kim a traitor, tries to kill Tam, but shoots Tui. Kim shoots Tui. The engineer doesn't want to help Kim until he realizes Tam is um, the son of an American who realizes this is an opportunity to get out. He becomes their uncle, and they flee to Bangkok. I'm going with time. <laughs> You've still got 20 seconds. You're okay. doing so well. I don't. <laughs> John... John now works in an organization connecting children born during the war um, with the American fathers. John tells Chris that Kim is still alive and about Tam. Chris finally tells Ellen about Kim and Tam. The three go to Bangkok. Engineer works in a club where Kim works as a dancer. John finds Kim dancing at the club and tells right, her that... that's two minutes. <laughs> Chris! <laughs> but we, I'm, but coming, I'm coming down the elevator now. Engineer <laughs> <laughs> tells Kim to find Chris herself because he doubts that Chris will come. Kim is haunted by the ghost of Tui who taunts Kim and has a nightmare flashback. Kim remembers Viet Cong approaching Saigon, all the chaos. Chris is called to the embassy and leaves his gun with Kim, telling her to pack. But as Chris enters the embassy, the gates are closed and Kim watches the helicopter fly away outside the gate. Back in Bangkok, Kim goes to the hotel 
but finds Ellen. Kim is heartbroken, confirms Kim, Chris is the father and wants Tam to go with them, but Ellen refuses. Kim wants Chris to tell her in person. When Chris and John return, Ellen tells them that Kim was there and issues an ultimatum to Chris, but instead agrees to provide monetary support. Back at the club, Kim lies to the engineer that they're still going to America. The engineer imagines the extravagant new life in the American dream. Chris, John and Ellen find the engineer, takes them to see Kim and Tam. In her room, Kim tells Tam to be happy now because he has a father. She tells him that she cannot go with him. The engineer comes in to take Tam outside to introduce Tam to his father. Kim steps behind the curtain and shoots herself. And she falls to the floor. Chris rushes to the room at the sound of a gunshot and finds Kim mortally wounded. Final embrace. Curtain. <sighs> Why does she go behind the curtain um, I think we all know why she goes behind the curtain to do it. Because silhouette is more fun than Also, her child's in the room. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking purely from a theatrical perspective. <laughs> and she would have been stopped. They could have grabbed the guy. Don't do it. Oh, right. As well. Yeah, okay. No, that makes sense. <laughs> I always forget about the kid. <laughs> Not really. Um, but I do often forget about the part of the storyline with Kim's, um, you know, betrothed, the, the guy that she was supposed to marry yeah, yeah. and had sort of run off from and keeps saying no to. I kind of always forget about that part of the story. Mm. So I'm glad you reminded me. Thanks, oh, Mike. Yeah. Oh, lucky Mike was here. <laughs> um, cool. So any fun facts about Miss Saigon? I have a couple. Yeah. Um... Even though it was hugely successful and very well thought of, uh, it missed out on both the Best Musical Tony and the Laurence Olivier Award um, in its initial runs. Wow. Um, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it lost to uh, Will Rogers' Follies on Broadway. Are you kidding me? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, th- those were the two front runners. Um, there was a little bit of controversy when it came to Broadway about the importing of the of the stars from West End and and the union in New York wanting it to be American talent. Um, and and you know that's that's an argument that we here have in Australia a yes. lot. Um, so they were they were thought that there might be a little bit of a backlash for that, and they think that that might have tipped it. Uh, to uh, Will Rogers' Follies. But yeah, um, but Leah Salonga, Jonathan Price, and Hinton Battle all won their awards in the Tony. So they, they were all nominate, nominated and won. It was just uh, Best Musical, uh, Best Book of Musical, Original Score um, were the big ones that they missed out on. I'm surprised they missed out on score mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. You, you can't fight the moonlight, but also <laughs> you can't deny that, that the music is good. Yeah. But also the um, I won't deny it. Okay, the interaction of Western me. and Eastern having that Eastern sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's uh, very deliberate. I remember studying this in in uni, and we were looking at it from the perspective of taking the Madame Butterfly uh, story and score and lyrics and seeing how they translate in the same, you know, the songs that sit in the same part of the story for the same characters. And and you can almost draw a line between every song in the score yeah. and go, that's that one, that's that one. Um, but but I think that what, what this does more accessibly than Madame Butterfly did was get that blend right mm. of um, the the Asian influence music for those characters and then getting yeah. the American sound right for the Americans. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, the whole show doesn't sound the same. 
which is the way it should be, (laughs) (laughs) I would think. Um, So the character of the engineer, can we talk about this for just one moment? Is he meant to be Asian? He's French. And, yeah, French and Vietnamese. French, Vietnamese. And that was one of the biggest controversies when that came out. Yes. Because he's very rarely, if ever, never played by an Asian. Uh, Yeah, the first stagings, it was very rare that it was... Like, Mm -hmm. Jonathan Price would wear, like, actual prosthetics. Yeah. Um, in the original run, on his eyes, on his eyes, and it was like oh. that, that, and his skin make yellow. <laughs> yeah, as it got more popular, like he he kind of fought to get rid of that and just kind of do it as himself. Um, but yeah, I think it was after its initial Broadway run um, that by the they, time we got into revivals in the two thousands, yeah, the casting tours, was quite. It's different. only ever been, I believe, in America, other than Jonathan Price, an, an Asian American who's played the role of the engineer. Um, at least that's in my research. That's what mm. I've I've found. It's only ever been an Asian American. But this this like this comes with every every show that has yeah. <laughs> different races. You're going to have groups and communities that like don't have representatives of those races in their communities wanting to put on these shows and how does it happen like Mm. I know that one of the shows that I saw did not have an Asian American playing the engineer they had a very very solid performer playing it but it was a very white Australian performer yes no, this was this was one of the uh, community productions. Well, they don't. Um, what I understand is Kim has to be Asian for the mm. amateur ones, but the engineer doesn't have to be yeah. Asian when they're putting on. Just lean the into the French side. <laughs> well, <he's, laughs> I believe he is described as Eurasian, yes. a Eurasian yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. It's uh, but yeah, that's always a, a controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, certainly in in. Um, amateur productions mm. the, the the casting is always a little like oh hey you know <laughs> um, that's questionable but we'll let it slide <laughs> um, but yeah it's I I do think that this the story treats the situation in a way that um, focuses on the, the what the characters go through and not necessarily on their I don't know how to say this sensitively. Nationality. But I don't think it's... Despite the fact that that's where it's set, yeah. and I do <clears> think it's important that it's it's told in a yeah. sensitive way, I think that because the focus is so much on the character development and the story of what they're going through, yeah. that it's not really... You know, you can you can blow the line yeah. a little. I think, I think you can almost say that like the nationality in this show is a little bit of a metaphor for class. Yeah. So it's it's much more about the the Americans who have all the power coming into Vietnam where and dealing with people who have no power and that kind of that power differential mm. is definitely present, but it's not like all Vietnamese have no power because you you do see that there are there are other mm. characters that yeah. influence the Vietnamese characters as well that are Vietnamese. Um so I think yeah, it, I think it's it is. It is. It's definitely not the most problematic show when it comes to to race. Uh, <laughs> I think. I think the problematic part comes in the fact that it's not just race in this show. It's also the way women are treated, yes. yeah. and that's yeah. like there's just so much that it deals with. Um, but it does have a lot to say about it. It and does. I think, I it think does. that if it, if it was just a musical that was like, oh, let's not examine the the bad things that we are 
looking at in on the stage here let's just sing about it that this definitely has a lot to say and a lot of opinions about the characters and the way that they behave so i think that is that is a reason that i kind of forgive miss Saigon some of its sins because it isn't unaware that it's committing them yes yeah. true true um so uh you've played the engineer yes any any secret things that you've learned from the inside about the character what was your i don't think i had learned any secrets it's just it's just someone trying to find a better life that's all he was really doing he was trying to find different ways to get out yeah. Of of his of his country, third world, and you know he's an engineer, he's an entrepreneur. He was just yeah, just which is still happening today. People are still trying to get out of their <laughs> out of their third third world country, and uh, I I could relate having relatives trying to get out mm. yeah. of the Philippines. It's like yeah, I can understand that. They'll try anything. Yeah. You know, you know, trying to overextend their visa, running from immigration. They're trying to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Anything to get out. That's uh, that's one thing I I could relate. Yeah. Too, which is not really a secret. No, I guess. no, not really. <laughs> but um, I think that he's often treated as like the villain in the story. A lot like Javert yeah. in Les Mis. He's the villain of the story, but he's not doing anything wrong. You know, his, his morals might be slightly twisted yeah. from our perspective, but that's sort of part of the point of what the show is saying. Yeah. 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 Um, favourite song, everybody? I mean... I've already said mine. Bordoy is Bordoy is possibly on my list of favorite songs of all time, even outside of musical theater. I really love Bordoy. Um, close, close male harmony is. It is, was the first one that I I learnt or knew of from the yeah. show. I also love the American Dream. That's mine because it's it's, mine. it's 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 at the same time so sincere but also so ironic. Um, depending on who, fine line, yeah, like who <laughs> who is singing it and who is watching it and and what's going on. Like it's a very well written song, and yeah. in that place in the musical, it's, it's like here is what we are talking about. Mm. Um, this is this is a Vietnamese character embodying the American dream, and 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 yeah, it's like he's he's not wrong. No. <laughs> but it's a chance for the audience to take a breath, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Something. But at the same time, it's setting them up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. setting the audience up for the next for the next scene. Yeah. yeah, and like it is it is one of those moments exactly where it's like, yes, 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 setting them up in like, okay, we can relax now and then. Everyone's going to get their happy ending. It's the American dream time. Well, yeah. I, I do remember watching it the first time. Any time the engineer walked on, I'm like, okay, good, he's on. It's just gonna be something happy's gonna happen. Okay, great. <laughs> so he's somehow Javert and the Tanadiers at the same time. Yeah. <gasps> I mean, I feel that he is just the Tanadiers. Because <laughs> um, the Tanadiers are also the villains and yeah, like they have yeah, very grey morals and they're opportunistic and they want to achieve the thing. He's yep. not as exploitative as the Tanadiers are. I guess. Um yeah, I, I would say that. Yeah, I, I don't think there is a Javert in this. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'm gonna take your word for it. Um, <laughs> don't get me started on the villain of Les Mis. I am <laughs> <laughs> that Valjean. <laughs> uh, I I do enjoy the heat is on in Saigon. I I am a fan of girls having a great time, and that feels like a really good song to enjoy <laughs> until you sort of realize what you're enjoying, and then you're like, yep. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, pick a new one, Miranda. Uh, <laughs> but I do, I do also like um, Kim's 
it's the end of the first act. I'd give my life for you, which yeah. um, I've heard Leah Salonga sing, and I'm sure everybody has. Uh, she does pull that one out of the bag fairly regularly because it's perfect. Mm. It's perfect for that moment. It's it's simple and beautifully written. I think it's a really good representation of that the character in that moment. And um, she sings it so well. Uh, so I do like that yeah. one. Why and God I, Why is overrepresented in auditions, I will say. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty. <laughs> um, I mean, if you can nail it, nail it. But yeah, you don't want to sing the whole song. <laughs> what's, the, what's the one with the really awkward saxophone in it? Oh, Last Night of the World. Oh. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the lyrics. Played on a solo saxophone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then the saxophone comes in and you're like, oh, that's the most cringy moment in the whole show yeah. for me. <laughs> Just, you know. But Sun and Moon is nice. So, yep. you know, one up, one down. <laughs> um, anything else we want to mention about Miss Saigon before I roll this on and we talk about all the lessons yeah, there's a lot of lessons in. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah, that's a, okay. Well, it sounds like we should just move <laughs> on. There we go. <laughs> what have we learnt from Miss Saigon? What does this show truly teach us about the world? <laughs> there are so many levels to so many <laughs> l- levels of lessons in this show. It's definitely not Disney. It's not a no? <laughs> Disney <laughs> lesson. Uh, look, for me personally, I think being grateful of living here not having to mm-hmm. go on through experience war at your doorstep, you know, especially today. It's still happening today. Mm-hmm. All the war happening, if not in Asia, in Middle East, that's, that's still happening. So for me, I'm really grateful having seen, having seen that show. Um, Children of War, I think that's, that's a big one, how, how, how this show came about from, uh, from a photo of, of a mother handing over their child. And oh, then, really? Yeah, so there was off to the American father. They saw that photo. That's what it came about. But then I saw a photo of a father handing over a child over a barbed wire fence at the Afghanistan war. I'm thinking, wow, it's still happening today. And I think that's what people don't, don't actually... Re- I think it's... So we have to take Miss Saigon on tour to the Middle East. I think that's the solution here. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that Miss Saigon has a lot to say to the people who are suffering... I think it has a lot to say to Americans. Americans. <laughs> yeah. I get um, it. Because that's the thing. I think it says a lot about colonialism, especially the military colonialism, without actually saying it. Like it, it focuses so much on the character's journey without saying, look at the governments that are making us do it. But it's, it's just like, look at this horrible situation. Isn't this bad without drawing that direct connection? It lets the audience do that. And I think that is what Miss Saigon does really well. That's the, the, I think that's the lesson that I took away is like you don't need to draw direct lines from your theme to your story. You can let the... But maybe if they had. Maybe. <laughs> Do you think Americans would have appreciated it more? <laughs> because it did really well in the UK. Yeah. Um, to be fair, it, I think it had just under 2,000 show run on Broadway, um, which that's is still pretty, still pretty good. Still pretty good. Yeah, 10 years. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Um, the power of a an epic special effect, like we learned this with uh, Phantom, but I think this is another example. Drop like, a chandelier. <laughs> let's fly put, a helicopter. Put, yeah, put a helicopter on stage. Um, and I think the different the different ways that different companies approach 
what the helicopter is and how it is represented if it isn't an actual helicopter mm. um, is also a really interesting thing because that's I, I know that when I'm going to see Miss Agon, I'm like, I wonder what the helicopter's going to be. Um, because, like, I know that stage and it's not going to fit a helicopter on it. Um, <laughs> so that that was a big thing about the original production. It's, was it a full-size helicopter? I believe so, yes. Or it must have been. Or just a front. A full-size, really small helicopter. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, yes, the helicopter came on stage, flashing lights, whirring mm. helicopter blades, mm-hmm. I assume. Um but in more recent productions, it's actually rare to see, hey, here's an actual helicopter, yeah. even though that's the thing about this show. But it's almost, it, to me, as I'm sorry I keep coming back to this, but <clears throat> Les Mis, Mis Saigon is yeah. always like oh, direct connection for me. So Les Mis was the, the best use and, you know, <laughs> not invention of, yeah. but the um, popularisation of the Revolve. <laughs> got a revolve our whole design revolves uh, around and the what revolve so quickly helicopter blades. helicopter blades <laughs> uh, no but it's it's taking the helicopter off the stage and turning it into um a silhouette or a video of yeah, a, a yeah. projection of a helicopter is like taking the revolve out of lame is for me it's still a perfectly valid choice i just don't like it because damn it i want the helicopter yeah it's amazing when, it, when a helicopter gets an applause. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Like, the oh. same way the barricade gets an applause. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but the, in the revivals, um, professionally, West End Broadway, it, they started to animate. Yes. Animate yeah. the, the, the helicopter. And, and seeing it was disappointing jump, for everyone, yeah, wasn't it? Jumping yeah, jumping down into nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Waste of time. <laughs> Throw my tickets um, at the usher. <laughs> I think there's... Now, you'll probably have something to add to this about the character of the engineer. There's something to be said for the lovable scoundrel. Because I don't think we see that in musicals very much anymore. Outside of Dirty Rotten Scandals. I was going to say, I've seen one. <laughs> but like, because again, Tenardier's and the engineer, I think, fill a very similar role in these two shows. But I can't think of another show that has a character that is so beloved that is not necessarily wanting the best for everyone on yeah. stage. Like, well, who's the lovable scoundrel in Dear Evan Hansen? Yeah. Well, th- when I think of that, I did recently was in Oklahoma. Um, Fair. Yeah. He's trying to... His name escaped me all of a sudden. Um, Ali Hakim. That's yeah. it. Oh, He's yeah. trying Ali to Hakim. rip people off. He's trying to <laughs> trick yeah, um, yeah, pe- people. But then at the end, he sees people laugh at him. Yeah. 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 It depends how it's played. <laughs> Because, yeah, I, I just... Because that is something that Bubel and Schoenberg have done so well in both of their shows. Yes. I'm like, I'm surprised that people haven't tried to t- extract that and put the, put Enjoy, it in their own yeah. shows and make it something that lives on a bit more. Um, I think maybe we just do it differently now. Well, yes. It's a very different like kind of show. in modern written yeah. shows, we use that formula differently. Yeah. Love a scoundrel. <laughs> Um, another lesson I've learned is about the storytelling of each character. And I think you brought this up before that you, you forget that Kim has her own like storyline of the guy that she's refusing and she's running away from and comes to find her. It's like each character does have a very clear and actual explicit story told about them. Whereas I think a lot, a lot of more modern musicals use, um, <clears throat> use archetype um, and kind of in, in, 
uh, inference a bit more uh, to kind of like, oh, they're this character, so we don't actually need to know anything about their backstory or where they're coming from. We just assume that. We just assume. <laughs> You'll fill that in. Yeah, and where each of the characters has such a such a strong both backstory and character arc in this, which is something I think that is really well done in, in mm. Saigon. Yeah. Um, to the point that it's a very long show, but still. Well, <laughs> yes. I sung through or not sung through thoughts. It I often gets repetitive. Look, I often look at yeah. this show and think, ah, you should have just written a great musical with a great book. It's the 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 recitative, and Julie will tell me I've recitative. said it wrong. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter how I pronounce it; she tells me it's wrong. So sorry, Julie. I, I some of it feels a bit forced, and and like you said, repetitive. Um, it. I find it, it a I lot a lot harder to forgive this musical than Lame is for that yeah for that because again it felt like it was using the same motif over and over and over again in this and I became aware of it yeah. whereas in Lame is I'm like okay this is getting us to the next scene I didn't become aware that it was just like a repetitive motif to get yeah. from one place to yeah. another um and I'm not I can't explain I can't I can't pin down exactly what is different <laughs> no. but I, there, for, for me listening there there is a difference yeah um someone who's more musically learned can probably tell me what it is but uh i will await for our listeners to email us in and let okay. us know because right. you know they might have opinions about what we're saying <laughs> <laughs> they often do and i love to hear them and if you want to send us any of your opinions you're most welcome to contact us on any of our social platforms uh, we are on facebook at musicals taught me everything i know you'll find us on twitter and instagram at musicals teach me and you can send us um an epistle an email at musicals taught me podcast at gmail.com um any other lessons that we've learned from miss saigon i think people forget how recent the event was and yep. how personal you can get. I mean, some of the soldiers who were in the Vietnam War would still be alive and watch it and get affected. Absolutely. My um, when, when I watched it like what, 25 years ago, my father, he was in the Vietnam War and he was bawling his eyes out during Bidoy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was only, he only just left uh, Vietnam 20, 20 years after, after that. So it wasn't that, it wasn't that, that long ago, 1995. Yeah, yeah. That would have been very fresh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I actually have a brother who's a big <coughs> boy. I have a uh, Vietnamese, half Vietnamese brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, the story is right here at this table. During the war, yeah. It's yeah. it's very interesting because it does deal with like very serious subject matter, and I'm I'm interested that there's not a lot of I guess what we would call trigger warnings now in the show because like that helicopter scene that. Knowing what I know of PTSD, which is not a lot, but like I can imagine that any Vietnam vets might have a little bit of a bad reaction to something <laughs> like that. Because um, I, I did yeah. a quick search to be like, are there trigger warnings for Miss Saigon shows? And I couldn't find anything about it. Um, but I would be interested if anyone anyone does know anything about that. Um, and if there are trigger warnings in newer tours, etc. Possible. Um, I. I think it's they probably rely a lot on people know what the show is about. Yeah. Because sure. they've listened to yeah. that yeah. podcast that tells them. <laughs> and then they can make a decision, an informed decision about whether or not to go. <laughs> uh, um, a great musical number will forgive a show anything. I think this is one of those shows that, that does that. Is putting putting the American dream right at the end there. Just the audience ah, is like, yeah, yes. I love this show. <laughs> um, but 
But more than that, as an extension to that, I think that there's there's a lot to be said about the way the show really plays the the heartstrings of the audience, mm. and some of those moments seem so careful and deliberate. I look at parts of this score and going, oh, you, <laughs> oh, you, you know, you knew what you were doing there. And um, I, that's a good lesson to be learned. And I think that some more pop music related, you know, shows that we get more recently um, tend to do that with either less subtlety or don't do it at all. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I think it's something that could, that we could all do it bit more of you know when we're writing musicals I say that <laughs> as a great writer of musicals and on that note I think we should move on to my other great skill casting musicals uh this isn't one of my skills by the way uh <laughs> um I think I think having been in some Shows that you've cast, you're pretty good at casting. Oh, actual casting, yeah. yeah. No, dream casting. Dream casting Terrible. is hard. Yeah. But it's time for Mike to dream cast, dream cast, <laughs> Miss Saigon. I'm trying to dream cast the movie version. <laughs> oh, that's coming, isn't it? Well, it's. Is it? I don't know. They were talking. It depended if Lamey's worked, <clears throat> and then oh. they were thinking of doing yeah. that. But I haven't the heard last, else. the last, uh, the last release I could find about it was from 2016, mm. saying that it is. Still coming, but we'll see. Yeah. So. So, which role will Russell Crowe be playing the engineer? <laughs> it's, it's it's really hard to go past the, the the current or the ones who just did the revival. John John Briones, Eva Nabozada, they're the ones who I can't think of anyone else. I mean, if they did the movie version, the Bangkok bar owner, I I can see Ken Jong. Mm. <laughs> 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 doing doing that it's a very comedic role and you know serious at times but I don't know I can't it's hard to think of anyone else especially a 17 year old because I don't know they're probably still growing up <laughs> yeah I, probably. I kind of like Philippa Sue um, oh, yeah. for 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 um, Kim help um, me uh, she played Emily um, that's kind of where I know her from was she uh, from Hamilton Yes, she was in Hamilton. Hamilton. She was Eliza. Uh-huh. One in of Hamilton. the yes. Yep, yep. Eliza. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like I, do, uh, like I struggle casting the engineer because it's it's like if Ken Jung could sing, <laughs> maybe because there's it's a lot of energy in that role. Um, and I see that's the thing. Like any of the genies, like that's a very similar energy to yes. the engineer. Um, but like I just don't know enough Asian Asian performers to put into that role. Same. That's all, yeah. <laughs> that's all yeah. I can think of. Was the, I, was the I think this is the unfortunate state we find ourselves in. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let us. I guess again, reach out. Let us know. Let us know your picks. Um. I, I mean, would love to know your your engineer. Could Zac Efron play Chris? Yes. <laughs> oh. Yes. <laughs> Yes. 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 He, could play, he could play Chris. Or Ellen. There's a lot of <laughs> opportunities for Ellen. Literally anyone can play Ellen. Yeah. Um, Literally anyone. Um, I Look, she probably has played it, Adina Menzel. I don't she, think she, I think she has think played she has. Ellen. I think she should. <laughs> she might be aging out of it now. Mm. 
Um, Your face might be aging out of it. Zane. My face is definitely <laughs> aging out of it. Out of Ellen. Yeah, yeah I've got probably. too much of a beard. <laughs> Maybe as a as a fourteen year old. I just think she's got a good level of the right um, sort of sass yeah. that turns into understanding. Yeah, and that 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 is a difficult line to walk for Ellen because if you if you play it too hard, yeah. It sort of comes across as oh my god, she's total. Yeah. She just god. But why think, would any boy? Why would Chris like her at all? Like why yeah. are they even together? I think Adina Menzel in If Then showed that she has that that same line of like she she does stand up for what she believes in, but she is understanding and caring about other people as yeah. well. And I think that that's a very similar role I think to yeah. Ellen here, a different time and, and situation, of course. I think it's difficult to like Ellen. That, that's sort of my my yeah. point. If if she's not played on, I think it's that difficult to like Ellen. Full stop. <laughs> um, you she, get so much of Kim. You yeah. understand Kim, and then Ellen just turns up Comes out of up, nowhere yeah. and goes. And Kim is I'm the other woman. So sympathetic. Uh, that's the thing. Like you, you know so much about Kim's like situation, whereas Ellen's just like, yeah, she's all privilege, and that, that's kind of like. All privilege and then this one bad thing happens and we're meant to feel bad about that. Um, so, yeah, I think... But, uh, yeah, I think Adina... A young Adina would be really good at Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I don't have strong strong thoughts. But I think, yeah, everyone could definitely play... Could definitely play uh, Chris and probably would. Zac Efron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the movie, right? In the movie. I'm thinking the movie version. <sighs> you know who else would be great in the movie is Chris Evans. Maybe he's John. Yes. Again, maybe too old. Like, they're meant to be young old. guys. Yeah. It's a Dreamcaster, like and yeah, I'm going to let cast. me have it. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> side note, he can tap dance, and so we'll put that in somewhere. <laughs> oh, well, one of this, just throw Channing Tatum in there as well. He can tap dance <gasps> oh as well. Oh, my God. Channing Tatum, Chris Evans, Zach. <laughs> Best show ever. Well, Luke Evans played Chris. Luke Evans, hmm. Chris Evans' brother. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Luke Evans? Luke Evans, um. He played Gaston. Okay. Oh, yes. oh, no, I actually think I know who you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> Usually I go, oh, yeah, and I have no idea. Um, are we done with this? I think so. We've put Zach in. That's it. We've opened auditions to all of the amazing um, Asian singers. Who are unappreciated. Who are unappreciated and unknown by me, and I'm sad about that. So change it, everyone, world, <laughs> putting that out there. Let's talk top fives. Top five list does Miss Saigon sneak into? Top, top five American <laughs> army musicals. Oh, Zane. I, th- I think it belongs in there. All right. Because yeah. it, it, com- it shows both the, the plight of soldiers, but also it doesn't shy away from like the damage that they do as well. All right. But when they release Captain America, the musical starring Chris Evans. No, gross. may have to change Gross, 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 gross. Gross, gross, gross. Gross, gross, gross. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, top five uh, opportunities for Asian performers. Yeah. Well, principals. In principal yeah. roles, yes. Yeah, principal roles. I can only lift three or four <laughs> I can think in my head right now. <laughs> yeah, and these are – they're great roles. And they, like I said before, they're great 
characters mm. that are, are fully formed. Yep. Zane was saying that they've got this fully formed arc. It's not, you know, that character... It's, it's not an archetype. ...who's yeah. Asian. Yeah. That's that's their only defining feature. No, there's, you know, actual... Um, I would put Boudoy in top five male ensemble songs. I'm going to agree and let you have it. Thank you. Yeah. Because it is beautiful. Beautiful and tragic. And it, that's difficult to... Like, there's not a lot of that beautiful songs written for a male ensemble. Usually they're funny. Usually um, they're like, hey, we're, we're goofy chaps. Isn't that great? <laughs> Women and stuff. There's yep. nothing like a day. There's nothing like a day. That's what I was thinking in my head. <laughs> and what's, what's that one from... Um, oh, God. What's the one from Carousel? Where they all come like, oh, oh it's going to bother me now. <laughs> well, the one is um, How to Succeed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I, yeah. Good call, Zane. Thank you. Nice, nice one. <laughs> Top five, I think, uh, shows where they're vehicles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Helicopters, trucks. <laughs> they have, they have the, Helicopters. Ca- the car in American Dream, the Cadillac. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Cadillac that, that comes out. I think so much about this show I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe, maybe tied to that is a top five famous special effects is oh. the helicopter. Helicopter, chandelier, alphabos flying. Um, Aladdin's. The um, magic carpet. Yeah, the magic carpet. Number five. Any what, number of things. That is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, top five shows that you uh, with an unexpected child cast. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not unexpected, as in it's part of the story, but... You don't think, oh, Miss Saigon, you know what? That needs kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no one's putting on the double bill of Oliver and Miss Saigon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's, kids turn up in the show. Yeah, I think this is uh, also top five traditionally miscast shows, especially when it comes to community theatre. Mm. Like, <laughs> I, I have not seen a community theatre production of this show that has not stretched the limits of casting um, yeah, particularly though the girls in the bar, where you're like, <laughs> well, oh, yes, yeah. I can see that's your dance ensemble, <laughs> but <laughs> I know just dim the lights. Just, just be red lights. <laughs> it'll be fine. It's not really okay. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I I think I think we're calling it. We're calling I'm going to say also top five tragic endings. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't think sad. of one that's more tragic. Everyone dies in Les Mis. Uh, yeah, but going... But in, they deserve it. No, but Kim <laughs> makes the decision that the best life, the best way forward is her death. And that is so tragic. Yes, it is. Well, connecting that, like, ultimate sacrifices. Yeah, and that, that, yes. yeah, that is... And I guess that's the point. That's what brings it back to Madame mm. Butterfly and the, the, the sacrifice for the child. And, yeah. Um, mm. But, yeah, tragic ends. Interesting. Sorry, this just occurred to me. In opera, people tragically kill themselves all the time. Like, every second opera. It doesn't happen in musicals. No. Uh, it's a... No, we, we get uh, the married instead. Everyone gets married <laughs> at the end. I think I've just really cottoned on to the difference, the ultimate <laughs> difference between an opera and a musical. Yeah, people die in the opera. Right. So Phantom of the Opera is an opera. No, there's a wedding. There is a wedding. There's a wedding. Yeah. And the Phantom doesn't die. No. He disappears. He does kill someone, though. Ooh. So there is a death. 
Okay. Well, we'll come back to that. If you have any opinions, uh, feel free to let us know. Um, our socials, once again, we're on Facebook at Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. You've got to type the whole thing out. Or just start typing in the search field and probably yep. will pop up. Um, at Musicals Teach Me on Twitter and Insta. You can email us at Musicals Taught Me Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're one of the best people in the whole wide world and you want to support either Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know or That's Not Canon, TNC Productions, um, go to patreon.com and type in either of those two things. Uh, if you'd like to throw us a couple bucks a month, we will throw you some extra content that you probably didn't even ask for. <laughs> I but like the shows. It's I fun. like, I like them. We do a bunch of top fives where we um, argue a lot and then eventually come to a decision. Which Sometimes we don't argue. Julie writes down. and you, Julie usually <laughs> argues, Because though. Julie is writing them down, sometimes I question whether they're what we actually <laughs> decided on or whether that's what Julie decided on. Shouts out to one of our favourite hosts, Julie Eisentrager. Um, and also to KB. Hey, KB. Um, you're also one of our favourites. I'm one of the favourites. I am Miranda Selwood. And our most favourite, producer Zane, That's at me. the table, was also here. Um, Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Is there anything you've got going on in the next little while? Uh, just check out my Instagram, <gasps> Mike Azarati. I have a few short films coming out. Cool. Oh, so, yes. yes. Did you win an award recently? I I was nominated. Oh, that's awkward. I was, now. I was, I was nominated. <laughs> funny enough, twenty twenty, I was nominated twice. For nice. Congratulations! Congratulations! And yes, um, and we can see those. You'll link things everywhere. Yes, Instagram's the best place to catch me. Okay, Mike yes. A. Zarati. It's like karate, but with a Z or a Z, depending on where you come from or how you like to say it. That's it. <laughs> uh, we're all about inclusion here, and we love to include you in everything, our wonderful audience. So, um, Happy New Year if you missed our Happy New Year episode last week. Um, and let's do 2021 right. Do it. Yes. Do it right. See shows. <laughs> listen to shows. Listen to podcasts. Enjoy your life. Create art. We're just going to keep talking. <laughs> Until you turn it up. Bye. 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 <laughs>